Welcome to Women Empower Active, an initiative started by UR Sportswear to empower women to find their own active adventure. I'm your host, Jacqueline Gross. Today we are interviewing Sarah Fowler. She is a runner who specializes in steeplechase. She currently is a coach and we talk a lot about mental health issues in running um, and how being competitive can sometimes be a negative thing. Um, I really think you're going to enjoy her perspective on running and I can't wait for you to hear it. How did you become active when you were growing up? I can't really think of anything like specific, like a specific person that like got me outside being active, but I know mm-hmm. my parents always, you know, pushed us to go outside and be outside a lot during the day. Um, and growing up in the country, we had a lot of like woods in our backyard. So my sister and I would just spend the day like running around the woods doing God knows what, um, just having a good time building forts, things like that. And then once we were old enough to start sports, my parents were like, Hey, let's play everything. And where did you grow up? Uh, in central Ohio. You kind of like got hooked into running at one point. When did that start? So the sport I played the longest um, as a kid was soccer. And Mm -hmm. my middle school, high school didn't have soccer as a sport. So when seventh grade rolled around, that's when we were allowed to start playing sports with school. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was fall. And my mom was like, well, what sport do you want to do? I think it was like, I had the choice between volleyball and cross country. And my mom was like, well, I did cross country. Maybe you'll like that. Because I was like, I don't really want to do volleyball. And I was like, well, what is it? She's like, you just run around, kind of like tag, not like tag. (laughs) (laughs) My first day running was the first day of practice and it went really bad and I got lost. I was paired with an eighth grader who was supposed to run with me, Mm -hmm. um, like the loop. So like we didn't get lost because we'd never run around there. She left me behind. I mean, it was like a two mile loop, like around the school. So it wasn't like off in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I was just like, I don't know where I'm at. And like a 20 minute run turned into me being out there for like 40 minutes. Cause I just walked most of it. So I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> like, what made me be like, okay, let's go back and do this again. But <laughs> I was hooked from that point. <laughs> Did you do track that year? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio does, um, indoor track. Uh, in high school, a very, very small limited season. Um, So I did all three. I ran anything from like the 200 to the two mile. I specialized in like mile, two mile. Um, Like I've run the four by two and like stuff like that. I I feel like high school is kind of where I found like my why and everything. Like, why do I run? Why do I compete hard? Like, why do I want to be the best? Um, So that kind of like lit a little fire. Um, And then when it got to the college I kind of like a chip on my shoulder because I was like no one wanted to recruit me until I ran fast during track season I think I signed in like October um, for Ohio Wesleyan no I I wasn't recruited by anybody like they only reached out to me because uh, my high school coach his son ran for them reached out and was like no 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 like recruit Sarah like it's a good thing but nobody else would and people who had like recruited me in the past or like or had like showed interest in me because you can't recruit sophomores I didn't run my junior year because I transferred schools but like the coaches were just like eh whatever and so I was only recruited by them. And then when I ran fast during track, like all these letters started flooding in. And I was like, it was like one of those things where it's like, just cause I had a rough season or like, yeah. you didn't ask me like, Hey, why didn't you run your junior year? Like I had a good excuse, you know, I transferred schools and I legally couldn't. That was in high school. You transferred schools. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I transferred my junior year. So I had to sit out the entire year. That was the rule for the state at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just went to like the neighboring school. Uh, we had a lot of issues with the school I was at. So I just got myself out of that situation and left. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was like one of those like things where I was like, if you're interested in me now that I'm running fast again, like, why didn't you just like ask me like, Hey, you know, why didn't you run your junior year? I mean like, Oh, I transferred. So I couldn't. Um, and I feel like, you know, 
as a coach now, like I see that and I'm like, that's gold right there. You know, an athlete that, you know, a lot of other coaches aren't coaching or like recruiting at that time. It makes it so much easier to get them to your school. So, um, I was just like, yeah, people only wanted me because I was running fast. And like, I know that's a goal of recruiting. Like you want the fast girls, but yeah. um, I don't know, just cause I went through a tough time doesn't mean you can just like drop me. So then I was like, well, now I have to beat all their girls, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, I got to beat them all, show them that like, yeah. they, like I was worth, you know, what they saw in me my sophomore year mm-hmm. more until I ran, like I had a breakout season during track my senior year, Yeah, um, which felt great. It felt really yeah. good. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, and I was like, well, it's too late for you, suckers. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Snooze you lose. Yeah. Um, and then with my coach, like, I just made these huge leaps and bounds. And then so I was like, okay, like, where is my ceiling at this point? Because my high school coach, like, he took it, he made us like, we took it seriously and ran really well. And like, mm-hmm. they have a really, they have a rich history of success in the cross country program. So he finds a way to like, we don't run a whole lot and we mess around just about as much, but we were really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like the state champion the other year, which was really exciting. We hadn't had state yeah. champion before. Um, we've had a lot of like second, third, fourth, but never the champion. So yeah, yeah he does really well. He coaches really well. Um, and he holds us back like the perfect amount. So like, if you go to college and decide to run and compete hard, like you are going to get a lot better. I think it's so funny. Cause like, we don't do steeplechase, like in high school, how did you like, how did you just decide to do that? Or did your coach say, I think you'd be good at this. You should try it. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, what is that? Like I saw it as a senior in high school and, mm-hmm. um, then I was like obsessed with it. I was like, I need to try that. Like that looks like so much fun. And my coach originally like would not let me do it. He's like, no, you're too short. You're too injury prone. And I was yeah. like, a full record holder was three inches shorter than me. So like, you can't use that excuse. <laughs> like, well, you're too injury prone. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got me there. We had a very, very good distance squad um, my freshman year of college. Um, we ran at nationals as a team for cross country. And we had a girl who ran sub 1630 in the 5K and two sub 430 in the 1500. So when it came to conference time, like I didn't fit in with any of those. It's like, what are we going to do with Sarah? Like, where is she going to score the most points? Like, and then he came up to me. I don't know. It was literally like 10 days before conference. And was like, hey, you want to run steeplechase? And I like rolled my eyes. I was like, funny joke, coach. And I walked away. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm serious. And I'm like, I've been begging to do this since I got here. He's like, okay, well, then let's do it. That first race, like describe that experience. You don't understand how bad steeple is until you go out too hard. This girl, uh, she was from Oberlin. Um, she'd won the last couple of years in a row. So I was like, I'm just going to run with her, see what happens. And I'm like, she's experienced enough. I'll just follow her. Um, she's experienced and much faster than me. I was like hanging onto the fence after I finished. And I was like, this is the hardest thing. Like, I honestly thought I was going to die. This is the hardest thing ever. You all like looked at me and I was like, well, when can I do it again? Yeah. It's <laughs> just so much fun. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about it is that it's different from like, obviously cross country and track are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so like cross country, you know, grass running, it's a whole nother sport in its own indoor is just flat laps and then steeple, um, having it outdoor, then like I got to hurdle. So it was something different every season. It's not like monotonous. Cause I'm not someone like, even though I like specialize in 5k indoor, I hate running like 25 laps. I hate laps. So just having like the barriers and everything to focus on instead. Um, I like that a lot. But it was a blast. Um, the water jump was kind of intimidating at first. Uh, mm-hmm. So I only practiced it once. But it's a lot of fun. What would you tell somebody that like was going to try it but wasn't sure about it? Like The first one is going to, it's always like ripping off a Band-Aid. Even every season, the second one's always a lot better because now your body's kind of expecting. 
I remember watching steeplechase and just like you're running like laps and doing the same workout, but you're jumping over hurdles as well. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do it too often. Um, just like, like I said, I was super injury prone in college. So we stayed away from that as much as possible. Um, but I'd probably do a workout every like two weeks or so Mm -hmm. over hurdles. Um, and I had a teammate who ran the 10 K and her 10 K pace was the same pace as my steeple pace We're on her. Like if we had like 400s or 800s or K's or whatever they were running what lane one and I'd run in lane two and I'd just go over the hurdles and like, we could still like work out together, which was really cool. One of my favorite things about it, um, especially for like athletes that have a hard time, like focusing during like longer events. So it really helps keep the mind engaged. A lot of people find that they can like focus and run a lot faster when like barriers are thrown in their way. Um, and I think that, you know, helps teach people how to focus during a race and like, you know, it's only 10, 11 minutes. Um, anyone can focus for 10, 11 minutes. If you like train your brain to do it that way. Is there a mantra you have when you're like going over the hurdles or anything that you're like body specific trying to remember to do always like accelerating into the barrier is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and accelerating out is just as important. So my coach always harped on like three quick steps in three quick steps out. Um, so I think about that. Um, and during your, like, if you run a steeplechase correctly, like that last lap, lap and a half, like your legs honestly don't feel like they're going to like hold you. Like they're like, you're going to jump and they're going to go down. I always tell myself, like, that's what it's supposed to feel like. Like your legs will catch you, especially over that like last water pit. I'm like, your legs are going to catch you. Your legs are going to catch you, you know? So other than like three quick steps in, three quick steps out, I've been lucky that like I developed pretty good hurdle form quickly. So it wasn't like I'd have to be like, okay, trap, snap my trail leg down or like kick my lead leg out. Like all those cues you start with like in the beginning, Jason hurdling. Um, so just like, you know, reminding myself like those three quick steps in and then, um, that my legs are going to hold me like, you know, just trust them. And they'll like, they're not going to go down. What are you focusing on for this year? Like the 22. I went on the steeplechase season. I haven't ran steeple since uh, 2017. I was going to last year and the year before Mm -hmm. Um, the year before obviously like COVID shut everything down right that didn't happen and then during COVID during that spring season I switched coaches and started working with a new coach um and it was kind of nice like not having your races on schedule to like get used to someone else's like coaching at that point Mm -hmm. it's a different style than I've ever worked with so just be able to like focus on like getting base mileage in and like learning how he did things and adding in all the extra things he does it was kind of nice and then last year I got sick I, we couldn't figure out what it was, but it ended up being like a tooth infection. I was probably sleeping like 14, 16 hours a day. Like I'd get off work and like go to like sleep. So I didn't run much. And I didn't race much because it was just like straight fatigue. That shut down last season. Mm-hmm. So this season, totally third time's the charm. And yeah. <laughs> I'll have a steeple season. I haven't really like sat down and been like, okay, exactly what do I want to do? Because mm-hmm. I have to see like what's available for me to be in. Work that around um, my coaching schedule. So it might be one of those ones where we're like, okay, like my coach, uh, his name is Pat McCurry. Pat, um, like, I know we want to get a steeplechase in or a 1500 in or something in around this time. I think I can get into like this meet, like none of my athletes are running steeples. So I might be able to do it. Or like I can rabbit someone through a 1500 or something like that. And be like, okay, perfect. Let's do that. So a lot of it's not like we can't sit down and be like, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do every weekend. Just cause like being a coach, the schedule doesn't always allow that. The number one goal is like, let's get out and let's race. I get really rusty if I don't race. So I haven't raced in like two years at this point. So I'm going to need a couple, like get into it. I'll get like a couple, like really good efforts in like rabbiting my athletes, rabbiting my girls. Um, but other than that, I'll probably start. We try to do like the trials and miles series before um, a lot of my teammates do that. 
So mm-hmm. kind of see where they are, if there's any in like the central part of the United States, or if it's like all of New York, Boston, or California, kind of like it is with the cross country season. But yeah, I um like I would love to PR. I'm a PR since 2016 in Steeplechase. Why did you end up changing coaches? I didn't have a coach. It was so okay. hard to find a steeplechase coach. Like I'm confident in like my coach coaching abilities. I know I'm a good coach, but I'm not a good coach for myself at all. Just yeah. like I need someone else's outside accountability to like help me out or I'll kind of like switch days compared to like how I feel and what I want to do instead of like actually like sticking to a schedule. And I actually saw, we followed each other on Twitter and he sent a tweet out being like, Hey, I'm looking to add new athletes. And so I like messaged him and I was like, Hey, um, like basically I'm looking for a steeplechase coach and I can't find one. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have like any experience in that? Or like, do you have any suggestions or just kind of like picking his brain about it? He's like, Oh, good news. I specialize in steeplechase. And I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. So, um, that's how I started with him. Most of us are remote. I think there's only about three of us that are actually in Idaho. Um, I mean, we go as far as like Great Britain. So there we have a lot of people everywhere. He created Idaho foot last year. Your coach was talking about how um, if you weren't feeling very good, that he would say back off. At least when I was younger, that there is this thing where it's like no pain, no gain kind of attitude. How are you managing that now? Just like having him just be like, no, stop. No argument about it. I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just stop. Like, I still feel very guilty. Like yeah. even like usually like my off day is like Saturday. Like if I have to move it to like a Wednesday or something, I feel so guilty about it. I'm like, I'm not training. I'm not doing the right things. Even though like the days are all still there. I'm not good at that. <laughs> yeah, either. Like yeah. I respect it and I preach it, but it doesn't mean like I like it when I do it myself. 12 of my 14, like top seven, like they were all freshmen. Um, so they're all like brand new to college athletics. And I know like they, they look to me. Um, so I'm like, I have to like set a good example and run myself like, you know, if I tell them, you know, just back off, just take the day off. Cause like, they're like hurt in their, you know, whatever's going on with their life. Um, and I can't even like do that myself. They're going to look at me and be like, well, coach Sarah says like to take the time off, but then she won't even do it. So like, she's just taking it easy on me. So like, I need to go do it. So mm-hmm. if I, I, I really need to like practice what I preach, especially when I have those eyes on me all the time. They have to trust that you're giving them the right information. And if they don't yeah. see it, then they're not going to trust it. So yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that kind of just helps me like, you know, keep myself in check as mm-hmm. well. Being like, well, what would I tell like one of my athletes? And I'd be like, oh, well, I'll tell them this. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know sometimes like I kind of wait to text Pat because I'm like, I know Pat's just going to tell me not to do it or to switch it or to like cut a couple reps or something. I don't want to hear that. Um, but I always end up like communicating with him being like, hey, like this is what's going on. And he'll be like, oh, cut it now or, you know, move it around and like all that stuff. So like in my head, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but it's hard to like sometimes like execute it. Has running ever been like a negative thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of it came like around like body image issues, just mm-hmm. being around, uh, especially once I got to the higher level, like I was never like, you know, the best of the best in like high school. I was never like one of those people that was like always at like state meet, like mm-hmm. performing at a high level. Um, I didn't qualify for a state meet until I was a senior. Um, and we were in like one of the smallest, uh, we were the smallest division in Ohio for high school, um, mm-hmm. which like doesn't make the accomplishments like any smaller. Um, but like, I always knew that like, yeah, I wouldn't have made it in D1 or whatever. Um, and then like getting to the national meets in college and seeing like what all the other girls look like, um, that kind of got to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and even like, as I was getting faster, 
um, and like meeting these girls, like I still look to them being like, well, I still don't look like them. And like, instead of like, just being like, well, like, even though you don't look like them, you're running just as great as them or beating them. Like, I just thought about like how much different I looked from all them. And that definitely like got to me. Um, thankfully it never like manifested into anything more than like, just like body image issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that like hit in college, like high school, middle school, I was oblivious to it. I was just running around, like, (laughs) uh, we're just having fun with it. Um, but then when we got down to like nitty gritty, like, okay, let's be really serious and see how good we can be like in the nation. Um, that definitely started to like putting more of a focus on that and more of a focus on myself. And then like that just kind of evolved into like a focus on the other athletes as well even though like my coach was great like he would never mm-hmm. talk about like you know negatively about like body never comment on like what our bodies looked like like mm-hmm. he was super great um like I I might be biased but I think I'm one of the best coaches like in the NCAA in college um, <laughs> <laughs> um so he's great um but yeah that didn't stop like my own thoughts from like going into my head and like I think about that um and I'd be like shut off like during races but like right before right after like I think about that as well and that's something I still like I catch myself like thinking or like struggling with now especially like since it's my fifth year out of college um and a lot of people think you know like okay yeah people from like middle school to high school to college like their bodies change your bodies keep changing and they they don't stop and like that's something I guess I didn't really realize that would happen I was like oh like my 20s are like it'll all be the same and it's not that's definitely something I still like think about and like struggle with um Mm -hmm. and I did a lot of like my thesis for my master's degree about this kind of stuff so I feel more educated and like prepared to like handle it but yeah, sometimes it's hard to like stop the thoughts. Okay. So you did your thesis, like what, yeah. what did you kind of, what were your findings? My thesis was the eating disorder pathology in like mm-hmm. male and female athletes in the NCAA. The whole overwhelming like finding was there's nothing like out there, like about this. There's hardly any studies. People don't focus on this. Um, it's just one of those things where there's such a high, like lack of knowledge especially for male athletes. Like that's the one where they're like, Oh, it's not really there. But like, if you like look for it, mm-hmm. um, and actually use like the criteria that like, you know, the pathology for like diagnosing eating disorders, like it's everywhere with the men as well. It's just one of those things where we need to like talk about it more, which I think, um, is really happening. I've noticed it in the last couple of years, um, especially with like professional athletes. Um, a lot of them will talk about it more, um, I know Ali Ostrander, she ran for Brooks. She talks about it a lot and was really open. Like when she was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to say like hospitalized for it, but she was put in like an, you know, in-house program for her eating disorder. Um, and like being completely open about it, like during the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. which I don't think that happened like five years ago, you know? Right. No. So that's a really good step in the right direction. I think like just more people being open and talking about it, like there are even some like male professional runners that have like opened up being like, yeah, I struggle with this. Just like giving a voice to like the other athletes, especially like college athletes that, you know, they're going through it too, but they won't admit it. Just knowing that now they like the people they look up to are admitting it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people will be talking about it more and then there'll be more research done and more information out there on it. Normalizing the fact that like, yeah, people do go through this. Like you're not immune to it from like talking to people, um, being an athlete myself and coaching many different athletes. Um, people have gone through my program. Like, I don't think anyone really gets through running without having a thought or two like pass through their head like that like a disordered thought that kind of stems from running or being an athlete or your competitors 
Um, I know some people might disagree with me with that, but I really do think like everyone thinks those thoughts at some point. Pretty much my finding, I was like, we need to focus on this more and do more research and just get more information out there. Because right now it's like, okay, this doesn't really happen to this like population, like men. And it does. It definitely does. They just don't talk about it. Like where are these pressures like coming from, do you think? I think a lot of people just want to be like truly the best like athlete they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they sit down and be like, okay, what can I do to be better? And like a lot of people can be like, I do the training, I put in the work, I eat well, I'm sleeping, you know, like all Mm -hmm. the basics of like, okay, I'm doing what I've been told is going to make me faster. I'm not getting as fast as I want right away, just kind of like being impatient. And I know Mm -hmm. we're all guilty of that. You know, like we set these goals, we want to hit them right away. And like sometimes it's going to be like a year or two in the future, but who wants to wait a year or two to like hit a goal that you set, you know? Right. Um, So I think people, you know, look at these people and be like, okay, these are the ones running fast. I'm doing everything they are. Maybe if I just like look like them, that's Mm -hmm. what will bring me over to being at the level I wish I could be at. Which like for you, like you're coaching, like how do you think about that when you're going like going through these kind of tougher topics with athletes? So hard. Yeah. <laughs> like I know I, I went through it myself. Like I've studied it. Um, mm-hmm. I went to seminars um where like people present on it. I've read books on it and like I don't know, I feel like I've soaked up so much knowledge and it's yeah. still so hard to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. It's always in, like the back of my head where like, I might think I was like, dang, like, so-and-so looks really fit right now. But like, I'm like, I can't say that. Cause like, especially if it's like towards the end of the season, you know, a lot of people like when you peak, um, your body kind of changes to be like that peak running performance, like mm-hmm. shape. And it's one of those where like runners, um, you know, you'll be in that like fitness, like your body will look like that for like two weeks and then you'll go back to how it is. It's normally like a five you know, seven pound difference. And that's just what your body naturally does without even trying. Um, if you're training the proper way, the key is it's only there for like two weeks, like, you know, regionals, nationals or conference regionals, you know, or just conference, you know, depending on who you are and what your goals are. Um, and I always have to like remind myself like, okay, yeah, like I can think that it's clearly easy to observe, but like, I can't say, I don't want to say anything on it. Cause I don't want to be like, yeah, you look great. And then like when their body goes back to like how it is during base season training, then they'll be like, wow, now I, I feel like a lard. I don't feel good. Like, you know, I'm yeah. packing on all these extra pounds when, you know, it's actually what the body goes through and like what's healthy. So like when I do like comments, I try to keep it more like, like if they're running like a faster pace and it looks really easy for them, like I'll comment on that or like mm-hmm. that their times are really great. Or sometimes like, you know, I have athletes that struggle with like different aspects, like imposter syndrome or something like that. Um, so I'll be like, Hey, you're super tough today. Just, you know, you stopped and you didn't want to finish, but you finished anyway, you know, like kind of comment on like those things, keeping everything else, like away from the body, like as much right. as possible. I think that's great advice too, for any coaches that are listening to this. Cause I think that that's very important that you're not commenting on body aspects. What's like one mistake that you've made like while training or racing um, when you're younger and like, would you, would you make that mistake again? My doozy of one was like my senior year. I had like five weeks left. We got to the point where I was like, there's something wrong with my leg and I can't figure out what it is. And like, it just felt uneven. It felt weak. And like, we did like tests with like the tendons. We even did like, you know, like the knee tendons, making sure those were all good. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't figure out what it was. We eventually were like, you know, sometimes like stress fractures in your femur disguise themselves as like muscle problems and kind of got down to it. And it's like still bugging me. 
but it's not one of those things where it's like bad enough. Like if my muscles like strained, like I don't want to stop training. We've backed off plenty. Like I've cross trained, like I've done what we can, but it's not getting better. I can't figure out what the problem is. And I don't want to like stop running if I don't even know what the problem is the crunch time of like my career ending we kind of sat down we're like this might be what it is which is obviously terrible news but somehow uh I don't, it really it really didn't even take much convincing I was like I want to run through it and everyone was like okay we'll just do like pain management because like my junior year I was supposed to I was seated to win nationals in steeplechase mm-hmm. and, and I got sixth so I was like I have to give it a shot like I don't know if I can live with myself but I don't give it a shot big PRs in cross country and indoor even though my leg hurt I still have pretty big PRs in the 5k so I was like I can run on it we're good it got worse and worse and worse and that's why I ended up having to take like so much time off um I'm still dealing with like issues from that with like nerves and stuff in my leg and in my hips so like knowing that it's still like that decision is still impacting my running like what five years later at this point Mm -hmm. like I don't do that anymore like yeah. if I start to feel something, I feel like it might be like a bone problem or whatever. I'm like, okay, I can panic like after seven days. Like if it's consistent seven days, then it's a problem. Cause sometimes it's just like, you know, you ran on a gravel road and you pulled those muscles and they're pulling on your shins and it's no big deal. Other times, it's, you know, the beginning of a stress fracture or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I always give myself like seven days. And if it hurts still like consistently after seven days, then I'm going to take time off or hit the bike. I'm really strict on that now. Like I don't run through things. I haven't gone like completely soft or anything like that. Like I know the difference between like pain. So like if it goes over to like pain, then I'm yeah. like, okay, like let's not do this. Like let's not ruin your body anymore. Like, I, I think too, like even when you said like, oh, I'm not getting soft. Like I, I think we all have this like thing where we're like, we have to prove how tough we are. <laughs> And I can't, I, I, I'm not, that's going to say I do it well. It's like, we already know, like you're, you're strong. Like you yeah. are strong. Like that's period. The end of sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for you too, I think it's like, we are, we still have this in our head that like, we got to prove our toughness. Yeah. And a lot of times it comes from like outside sources. Yeah. Like how'd your workout go? And like, eh, I only did half of it. I'm really not feeling good today. And they'd be like, you just quit. And I'd be like, yes, yeah, I did. (laughs) Coach even told me to. And then, so then you feel pressured to be like, well, maybe I shouldn't have stopped. Like maybe I could have run through it. Most of the time you probably could run through it, but it's not good to run through it. So that's the biggest change I've made when I said like, I'm not getting soft. Like the thought pattern doesn't always change. I think I I just like called it out because like, I think even still, even still after all this, you still have that in your brain to prove you're tough. And yeah. (laughs) yeah, like how has like running kind of changed you as a person? my entire identity has been shaped by running thing. So like, I don't know, like, I know I wouldn't be, I would not be living in North Dakota. I would not be a coach. Like, I don't even know what my job profession would be like without running, Mm -hmm. like just like developing like the love for the sport and everything has kind of like changed my entire like life path. I didn't want to like, I wasn't going to go into coaching until like my college career was ending and like it was a third of the way through my senior year. And it's like that, you know, like the scaries being like my career is over. What am I going to do? So that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to go into coaching. Cause like, I don't want to leave the sport yet. So like, I feel like most of my decisions I've made, my college decision, my high school decision, like literally all my decisions have been kind of shaped by running. And it's kind of like put me where I am today. So like to say exactly like how it shaped me, like man that's my entire life story it's given me like my best friendships it's taught me how to like set goals and how to deal with setbacks and like that like that first like major injury someone gets like that teaches you a lot like Mm -hmm. you know it's 
running is great when it's easy sailing and like you're not injured and you're just running and have a good time but uh, like it's like you know you have to slam on the brakes because something happens like that teaches you kind of how to deal with you know disappointment and like coping mechanisms it's one of those that you also like you get back what you put into it so it teaches you how to be like dedicated to something and like truly putting like you're all into something and then it also teaches you like if you do it too much then it backfires helps teach you like to balance things and I feel like that's where a lot of people struggle with like having like the balance of like yeah I'm an athlete yeah I'm a runner but I'm also a friend a mom sister you know whatever everyone else. I've already learned so much from it and I feel like I already still have so much to learn I don't know where it's going to take me next but it's going to take me somewhere what words of empowerment would you give other athletes other women a lot of athletes that I've coached and I've had like they have such big lofty goals make their pace a little bit faster for workouts than like maybe I probably should just to like challenge them see where they're at just because they are improving so much week by week especially with the group I have now it's going to be a hard workout and sometimes like it's hard for them to like regulate and not like panic when they really like fall off pace or they're not feeling good or it's feeling really hard and like half the time I just have to be like it's okay it's okay you're good and like I feel like that's what I say like most of the time now Cause there's a lot of times when like, especially, like I said, they're like all freshmen or COVID freshmen. So they're mm-hmm. new to college running and athletics. We went to a really big meet this year where, um, you know, Arkansas, the previous like national championship team, like they were there and my athletes were like, we recognize them off Instagram, a situation like that. And they were yeah. like, we don't belong here, you know, like one of those things. And like from the gun went off, it was like, you could tell they're like panicking. So I feel like I tell them like, you're good. You're good. It's okay. Like, I have to say that like most of the time right now, that's kind of the phase that we're in myself doing workouts where like the paces used to be easy, like back in my college days compared to like now I tell myself that as well. And that always yeah. like works I tell myself they like, can't compare yourself as much, but you know, it's hard not to do that when you're, especially yeah. when you compare yourself to yourself. So yeah, the, you're good. It's okay. Just kind of like, you know, accept where you're at in the moment, you kind of get wrapped up in the feeling of like how hard it is, or if you don't feel good. And kind of forget that like half the time, most of the time you're still on pace. You're still mm-hmm. running well. So just kind of like, you know, telling them that and getting them to like take that deep breath being like, yes, it's okay. Like we're good where we're at. Um, is there anything that uh, you would like to plug? Obviously you guys, my team, uh, like I've, I kind of mentioned Idaho foot started about a year ago. So we're starting in year two of things. Um, and Pat's and his uh, family worked really hard to kind of, you know, create this program. Um, this unsponsored program with fantastic athletes. They're doing really great things out there. He's, you know, I've been really lucky. He's one of the best in the business as well. So I get to work with him. Big things are to come for Idaho Foot. So I think they're worth checking out. He's really good with, you know, running, the mental aspect, all that good stuff. Where could they, people follow? Um, uh, Instagram, Twitter, his website. He has a newsletter that he sends out once a month. Idaho Foot. Is it Idaho Foot on Instagram and Twitter? Yeah. And then for people who want to follow your journey as you train for the 2022 season, uh, what's your handle? Sarah Renee 709. So Renee is R-E-N-A-E. Yep. I have the same thing on all platforms to make it easy. Athlete's journey, but some of mine's right in there as well. Exciting. Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm super inspired. Now I want to go race somebody. You can follow UR Sportswear, that's the letter U, the letter R, Sportswear on all social platforms. You can shop online at URSportswear.com. You can follow me personally at Jacqueline Gross, that's J-A-C-A-L-Y-N-G-R-O-S-S on all social platforms. Thank you for listening.